This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show, proudly brought to us by MTN Business. I am not solo today, but I'm sitting here kind of by myself. Uh, B2 is en route. Um, traffic and the joys of Johannesburg, I guess. But I do have a guess, and uh, if I get lonely up front until you get here, I'll probably just turn his mic on a bit earlier. But we are carrying on with the Gartner Innovation Program discussion later on today as well. Um, so, as always, let's go straight into it. And it's like kind of weird because I normally look at Brett when I start talking about the apps and, and all those good things. And uh, so we'll we'll just play along and see what happens. But this week's... Um, app of the week is something I've come across called binge watcher or binge watch app.com. Now the funny thing is it's actually not an app. Um, I mean, I didn't find an app in the app store, but it's web based and they obviously uh, planning to make it an app because they've called it binge watch app. But the reason I, I actually looked at this is come September, um, all the big American broadcasters start with their new seasons of TV series. So we'll start to see the suits and, uh, well, we won't get Game of Thrones yet, but uh, all the all the shows that we've been waiting for, the next seasons and the next versions will be coming. So what Binge Watch app does is you can go, it's a very simple website, you type it in, it's bingewatchapp.com, you type in the series that you're looking for, it searches, and if there's like more than one, so like if you put Batman or bring up different versions, you select the one that you're looking for, um, it brings up the seasons that it has registered, and you can put your email address and or a calendar notification. And what it will do is that when the next season starts, it'll send you an email or it will um, ping inside your calendar. So that's pretty cool because at this time of the year, as I said, going through till like Jan or Feb next year, there's quite a lot of shows that we that we try and watch and try and stick uh, you know keep up to date with. Um, I've got Intejo here today, who's going to be my guest a bit uh, a bit later. But um, I'm going to actually turn his microphone on now because that way if I, if I start to feel a bit lonely, he can just uh, chirp. We'll do a proper formal introduction just now. But uh, Intejo, how's it going? I'm good, thanks. And how are you doing, Brian? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, you, you must be tired of just staring at me in an empty seat and I'm talking as if I'm talking to myself. So um, I thought, let me turn it on. Guys, I am sitting up here lonely. The studio number is 061, oh, sorry, 0861-555-189. You think I know that by now? Uh, or Twitter at cliffcentral.com, Facebook, WeChat. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's carry on. So I came across a really, really, really cool, um, app this week. And ironically, it came from Australia and it's called Resap Health, which is R-E-S-A-P-P Health. And what it does is they've taken a smartphone and they figured out that they can work out your ailments by breathing or coughing into the phone. So it's actually been aimed at people that have emphysema, TB, um, respiratory type ailments. So you can take your phone, you fire up the app and you cough and it measures how you cough or maybe the volume of air. I don't know. Um, they obviously didn't give away the full diagnosis of how it works, but I just thought, you know, if you're given this day and age, and especially for, for a continent like Africa where TB is a very big problem, you know, giving a doctor a smart device or even patients at home probably have access to a smart device, um, they can, you know, they can now actually measure or see what's going on with your um, with your breathing situation based on how you cough into a phone. So, um, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, I'm going to save this next one for... Brett, if he does actually get here, um, 
because I think that's something he'd probably be quite interested in chatting about. But um, Singapore was quite interesting. So Singapore have now debuted the world's first self-driving taxis. Uh, it's a company called Newtonomy, um, which is actually quite a cool name as well. And they've actually beaten Uber to it. Um, Uber's been talking about doing their first driverless car campaign uh, in the next couple of weeks or next month in Pittsburgh in America. Well, Newtonomy is, or Utonomy, sorry, has beaten them. And um, they've come out with driverless cars. So uh, you can now, using the app, you can hail a taxi um, and you can go around Singapore. Now, um, we have got to, we have got to, um, give them credit. I've also got to say this is the same company that, um, gave the first job for Pokemon Go. So, you know, well done Singapore on the first driverless taxi, but, uh, epic fail on the first, uh, the first job for Pokemon. Um, right. Let's see. What else have I got to my bag of tricks? So I'm going to stay with Uber. In fact, this one's like this is, seems to be a problem that's going on around the world at the moment. There seems to be a lot of hatred. So Uber, and there's a company called Kareem, C-A-R-E-E-M, which is a United Arab Emirates startup or company that offers Uber-type services. They had 50 drivers arrested over the last week and 70 cars impounded. Um, and there's been no answers given. Now, for anyone who knows how the policies and politics in, uh, in Dubai work, uh, you don't really get to... Um, question how when and what but um, basically yeah they arrested drivers with we don't know why and uh, they've impounded 70 cars and so um, uber and kareem have now suspended their um, their services so you cannot get an uber or kareem in uae um, what else have i got in my bag of tricks Um, yeah, so Pokemon I mentioned now with Singapore. Let's uh, go into my into my chronicles. So the Pokemon Chronicles um, in Japan have now had their first death by car. A guy was driving playing Pokemon Chronicles, um, Pokemon Chronicles, Pokemon Go, and um, he drove into two people. Um, he killed one and he broke the hip of another one. So he's obviously been charged. But the question that I have to ask is if you were actually doing this, why would you admit that you were doing it? I mean, it's, you know, unless your phone's like been thrown out the car and the cop picks it up and sees Pokemon on it, um, why would you actually admit that you were playing Pokemon Go when you've just like smashed into someone? But uh, I suppose it is what it is. I mean, okay. the good news is, oh, is that Brett? Hey, B1, how you doing? Good and you. I was about to jump uh, stories and you came on air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, miss, I miss you guys so much, but uh, traffic won't help me back. I'm going to say how's it to everybody, and uh, I'll see you in studio in about 10 minutes. But All right, how so are you what, doing? It's cool. I've actually saved the story to discuss with you, but it's definitely, um, you see, look at us, rocking and rolling, keeping mobile, and things but always I, changing. I enjoy listening. I enjoy listening like a listener. At least we know we've got me listening. For a oh, that's, so were you streaming? <laughs> Streaming, it sounds fantastic. I heard all about binge watching and all that stuff as well, which is really, really cool because I want to talk about the movies for 2017. Okay, so future of movies, amazing. All right, well, while you're driving, and I'm assuming you're hands free, um, I will listen to you. The 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 thing I was actually saving for you is old Margaret van Veek. (laughs) If I just take what's gone on this week in social and the lawsuits and that, 
So if there are any listeners out there that actually don't know who Margaret van Veek is, time to take your head out the sand, pick up a newspaper or a social network or even look at an email or something. But this poor woman um, decided to get amorous and took a picture of her nether regions, um, freshly prepared, I might add, and uh, instead of sending it on WhatsApp to her husband, she put onto the mother's hockey um, WhatsApp group. Needless to say, there were some really good comments and shares, but someone took the, 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 the cheek of taking a screenshot and sticking it on social. So this poor woman trended, um, and pretty much the whole of South Africa has now seen a hoo-ha. Um, so do I get a hoo-ha? <laughs> so, <laughs> hoo-ha. That's funny. So yeah, this guys. It's not a panty drive for us. Yeah, well, you, I tell you what, I don't think it's been often in South Africa's history that hockey's been more popular than rugby. But <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll be too. Drive carefully, buddy. And uh, we'll see you in studio just now. I'll, I'll be in studio shortly. Just okay. Guys, ciao, ciao. Well, okay, so you can't say that we're not really an active live dynamic show. That was uh, B2 en route. I finished up with Uber. But what I was saying when, when I put the call through, though, is that, you know, it's a worldwide trend. These guys are just getting shut down for innovation and disruption everywhere. Um, and uh, it's it's a pity. It needs to change. Uh, always talk about VR and AR. This week, I actually found a lot. Um, there was one year that I, I definitely wanted to save for, for B2, but I know that he's streaming, so you'll hear it. There's a beer called Inners and Gun. In fact, uh, Brett, you and I had it together at the Whiskey Live Festival last year or the year before. I can't actually remember which one it was. Uh, but it's a Scottish craft beer. Uh, I have seen it available in South Africa. And what they've done is they've put a VR experience together that actually takes you to the birthplace of beer. Um, you can you can go through and see how it's made um, through the country. Um, they change the taste of the beer that you're drinking. So basically they show you what they do to allow the different changes that they make. Um, and the experience was pretty good. It's I mean, it's quite a, a booze-soaked up idea, yes, pun intended. But, um, yeah, it's just that, you know, guys are using VR in so many different ways. It's nice to see that an alcohol is actually, alcohol companies take you on a journey into the actual product as opposed to just, uh, well, this is VR. This is what it does. Um, now, anyone who knows me knows that I am roller coaster mad. I've traveled the world looking for roller coasters. I've gone to Vegas. I've, I mean, I was in a, I was in a business, um, a business, uh, I don't know what the word is, business trip. And uh, they, it was with a youth camp in, in Pennsylvania, and uh, they took kids on a, on a road trip for the day. And the choice was to go like to a museum or to Six Flags. I went to Six Flags. I went and rode King Dakar, which is one of the, the roller coasters I've always wanted to ride. But what Six Flags has done is so awesome, and I cannot wait to get back to the States. It's a proper roller coaster, so it's an actual physical roller coaster. So you move and loop and all those wonderful things, but you wear VR headsets. So instead of seeing nothing like blue skies and and trying to move your head around and all those good things that you do in a roller coaster um you actually see like star wars and shooting and blowing things up and they they immerse you into like a whole game world and you can even tap the side of your of your head your headset rather and um shoot things so you'll be able to like shoot stuff that's actually like running around there um so it's a proper physical vr roller coaster that um Let's you jump, you know, go f- feel the movement. Guess who just arrived? Hello. Hello. How's Better. it going? <laughs> Better late than ever. Yeah, there we go. You missed my whole chat about Innocent Gun VR. Actually, I heard it. Oh, you it's heard very, it. You're cool. streaming. It's very cool. Yes. Well, here's the best. I prefer the, the real, real thing, though. No, you so got to put I. it in your, 
But ice cold beer in your face. The imagine drinking ice cold beer and then watching the journey, how that will appreciate the notes and the taste. Yes. Yeah, like whiskey, oh, sure. whiskey tastings. Yeah. Okay. That was the first place we had it, actually, was the whiskey festival. Was that the whiskey festival? And we tasting beer, of all things. 100%. That would explain the headache the next day. <laughs> Unscripted, unheard, untold. <laughs> so the last thing on my VR Chronicles, Brett, was Trip to Mars. This has won 19 Lion Awards. So those are like the Grand Prix Awards of the advertising industry. So what they did um, is it, it actually was um, the company that makes the planes there, Lockheed Martin. Oh, yeah? So what they did is they took a school bus and they put screens all the way down the side of it. So these kids that were going on a school trip couldn't actually look out the windows. They were looking to screens, but they're not really, they don't really realize this yet. And when the vehicle started moving, the screens activated and these kids were oh, driving wow. on Mars. Oh, wow. So they put this whole school bus on Aug- planet augmented Mars. reality in a bus full full ARVR situation so these kids drove from A to B but they actually saw the, the Mars rover they saw the rock they saw everything that you would see that's wild if you, that's awesome yeah. huh? that to me is one of the better um, actually, VR a few years ago like when the Gautrain launched we proposed that for uh, replicating the Gautrain and that was going to be the before the Gautrain was even started building we were going to build a whole replica and do something very similar to that but I think we just live too far ahead of our time. And this is our problem. How many times? I mean, we've talked about it with yeah. Pokemon, with all these things. We like go to guys with Great ideas. Great ideas too soon. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we must just like sleep a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> you heard me talking about poor Margaret. We were talking about that oh, together. Um, we've done the Pokemon. Well, you weren't here, so you didn't have to vomit in your mouth. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. So here's like a listener services announcement. Who's got an, for all of you people that have iPhones out there, yourself included, Brett. Um, there's been a security flaw. Now, I just want to say at this point, Apple, the first people to say, especially on Mac OS, that they don't get viruses and that. But equally, when something goes wrong, they're the first to admit it. They'll yeah. say, yeah, we've picked up a, a error, we've picked up a patch, whatever, and they patch it, and they patch mm. it quickly. So, guys, if you're using iPhone uh, or iPad, um, you need to update to 9.3.5. It's not a big update. It's about 40 megs. Already um, 9.3.5. Well, it was just come out 9.3.4, and that's obviously yes, where the floor Friday, came yeah. in. Correct. Okay. So 9.3.5 is required. Um, it It's quick. It happens over the air, and it just patches up your phone. So please do it. Um, you know, th- these cars put these things out for a reason, um, and it's not their health. It's actually your phone's health. It won't help you if you're margarita. <laughs> it doesn't, oh, oh, doesn't, no. doesn't fix stupid, unfortunately. Uh, Sorry, guys. Shit. Okay. So now – we're we're an impartial show. We talk about Android as well. So Android Nougat, which is what they've now called N, which is seven. Um, what phone do you have? You've got a you've got an Android phone, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, your mic's off again. Sorry about that. Um, I was just chatting to my guest here. Okay, so you've got an Android phone. Yes, I do. So Android seven has just started rolling out. It's only come out on the Nexus devices, as always. They roll it out on their their Nexus headset uh, handset first. Um, so. There's 250 improvements on Android. I'm not even going to get into all of them, and most of them are under the hood. But there were a few that I noticed where I suppose by mentioning them, I might be a little bit horrible because I'm kind of like it's a me too. But here were the ones that I saw through reading the list. So there's more emojis. In fact, there's 72 more emojis to be precise. Um, and now they're going to they're going to basically have like skin tones and more human-looking features in the blobs that they have. You can now get Avo and Bacon, which is so fantastic if you're a vegan. Um, but all they're basically doing is 72 more reasons not to type. Or, you know what I mean? You're just using emoticons. So, yeah, it's okay. That's one of them. 
the split screen app is finally coming. So now you can actually have two apps running. Now, Brett, how long have like we had that on iOS? multitasking. Yeah, yes, but yeah. how long? Oh, yeah, okay. So I think it's like way overdue, but uh, it is coming. Um, easier app switching. So this is, again, something that iPhone users have had for a long time, where you you know you can now just push a button and it will bring up uh, iPhone, I mean, the other apps that are open, and you can select them. Um, faster replies. So when your notification comes through, you can reply from the notification. Force 3D, iOS well. 7, 8-ish. Um, so basically, Google's bringing out iOS 7. That's what they're bringing they're out. Trying, they're trying to compare apples and apples. Yeah, never going to happen, but well done. So that's Nougat in. All you guys are so excited about it. Um, and yeah. Um, sure, I've got lots of nice fun stuff that I found. This was a really good week. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Okay. She's pissed off and tired of Siri not announcing her or pronouncing her <laughs> name properly. So, but this is when you know you're a celebrity and an A-level celebrity. When you can pick up the phone and phone Tim Cook himself and go, listen, please tell Siri Strice how to pronounce my name. Correct. So now if you do it on Siri, and I know now millions of people are picking up their phones and going, Barbara Streisand. And that, song will, and that song will come up. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yes, so she's now made sure that her name is pronounced properly via Siri. So well done, Barbara. Big up to you. And on the note of Apple, Steve Wozniak, everyone must know who Woz is, okay? He's now pleading that they don't remove the 3.5 millimeter jack. Remember, we spoke about this last week that the rumors are they're going to go to Lightning Port. He's just saying that... one, you're going to piss a lot of people off. And it's true. Guys that have gone and bought fancy headsets, and we did chat about this, they now have to buy another freaking adapter to make it work. Mm. You know, you've already spent thousands of rands on a headset, and then you're going to buy an adapter. Um, I mean, that's the thing that Mac users always get uh, nailed for. Is there's adapters. some great parody videos about that. As there much is. as I love Apple, there's some, some really funny ones out there. Uh, if you're out there, go check out the Mac parodies there. They're brilliant. But what he's saying also makes sense is that you can either connect to the lightning port if you're mm-hmm. lucky enough to have it, or you can use Bluetooth. Bluetooth doesn't do anything for sound. No. It actually flattens it. It's not great. When you listen, I mean, I, when I go to gym, Maybe I use listen to my 78 kilobit per second MP3 through Bluetooth and, and hope if I anyone connect, moves in front of you yeah. or something moves around your phone or something, you kind of lose your signal. So I agree with the was. We, we can call him the was. He's quite cool like that. Yeah. So yeah, Apple, I don't know if it's too late because you're kind of launching in what? two weeks time uh, but we'll see facebook games arcade brett you'll like this one okay so they've been beta testing facebook games arcade which is basically yep. a desktop application that lets users play games without needing to actually access facebook via browser so it's faster and better but it's also i think it's a future revenue play um because now you've got a new way of accessing games that you used to have to do through facebook um you can also now see how platform games could re, re-emerge. Mm. Um, so basically, they're putting a they're putting a, a a plug in that will let you play games. So they're moving to the game space without using Facebook. So okay. you're not now not you know when you get one of those invites, play backgammon yes, or whatever, yes. and you don't have a Facebook. You're actually going account. into a gaming environment. Now you can go into gaming, like, which like they did with Messenger. They're taking and look at the revenue opportunities they can come out of that. And well, now that's cool. that'll mean Facebook, that game, will, that Facebook will become what it was originally meant to be in the first place. Well, there we go. A social media thing. It's only taken them eight years. Okay. Or so yeah. so yeah, good full circle you've got, there. You've got to make it before you break it. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, what else did I have? There, I think. Okay, so staying with Facebook, I think this is my last of my little things. 
I actually reached out to Candace and she might not have got my email or phone because I wanted her to dial in and quickly chat about this. So Candace, if you're listening and you can still dial in and you hear us, cool, phone. Otherwise, we'll get you on a show another day. But there has been so much ranting and raving. I've had so many people contacting me asking me for my advice this week. WhatsApp has made an announcement that they're going to they're going to allow Facebook to access the data that they have. And the data being obviously your personal data, your phone number, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going up in arms, blah, blah, blah. People, get over yourself. It's very simple. Facebook freaking owns WhatsApp. They, in theory, are entitled yeah. to anything they want. It's like your boss coming down to your office and saying, I'd like to see the file for X, Y, and Z. And you turn and say, well, actually, I can't show you that. You know, they can, they will, and they have to. Yeah. So my suggestion is very simple. A, get over yourself. B, disconnect. Yeah, Just if you don't like turn it, off your phone. Away. And the thing is that people, and I'm also, I'm so tired of people moaning, and I do it myself. It's free. You're not paying for it. There has to be a price. Nothing in life is free. You get free Facebook. You get free WhatsApp. Mm. Therefore, that's your payment. You are giving away your data. And believe me, ask Margaret. Your data is already online. It's staying there forever. So you've already given away your phone number. You've already logged in once somewhere. If they really wanted to find you that badly, they could. And if they don't, you're not that important. So it's just like my little yeah. moan. Um, you've got 30 days, though. If you're a WhatsApp user now, you've got 30 days to say no. It's an opt-in, opt-out approach. But if you keep using it after 30 days, then you've kind of accepted you've... Yeah, but term. I mean, again, you know... Anyway, I just... Like, as I said, I've had, I've had people phone me like, oh, what do I do? I got this announcement that, you know, they've got your data anyway. It's in the same freaking building. Mm. It's there. It's on the service. So but what a lot we're doing these... is saying we allow sharing it with Facebook, yeah. you know. Um, you will get a lot more advertising through that platform now, I'm sure, because they're going to start to monetize but again, WhatsApp. But it's free. It's if you free. don't like it, unsubscribe from WhatsApp, go, to go back to SMS, which costs you, what, 30 cents or whatever in SMS exactly. anyway. So, exactly. yeah, I just... I, I've moaned before as well, but I've kind yeah. of realized if I'm getting something for free, I've got to pay for it somehow. Okay. That's how I'm paying for it. Yeah. I'm letting Facebook send me some messages. Talking about things that aren't for free. Yes. An early Apple computer, one of the first ones, was sold at auction this week or last week for 815,000 US dollars. Shit. Yeah. Now, I was talking about that a couple of weeks ago. A few, last year, one sold for 200 and, 240,000 pounds i okay. wonder if it's one of the same ones it's already gone from 240 to yeah. so well, the pound and the dollar but still this is the apple one that was the first model of its kind in 1976 oh. and it was in an online auction and the these the people that won it won after a bit exceeding uh its value of one million dollars was there and then the original price estimate was then put down as eight hundred fifteen thousand us dollars for apple one it's ridiculous eh? it's kind of crazy but uh, the, how many windows machines do the, you think are going to get that kind of price no no none yeah <laughs> they haven't lasted if they were built that long they would have been dead and scrapped by now anyway well we've got an imac that's now priceless for work of art in our reception i area. saw it yep. it's actually very cool pull the screen out and see what's inside it's actually much nicer looking as it is there as a piece of art than throwing it away well just you yeah. can't do that with a pc no you can throw it away yeah so your mic has been on, but now I'm going to formally introduce you to everyone, and now we've got the whole posse here. So um, we have in Tejo, is it Morawaswi? Morawaswi, yes. Morawaswi. Okay, so there we go. Um, in Tejo is from, uh, he's joining us today as part of our um, Gartner Aspiring Innovators program. So this is now week Excellent. number three. Yeah. yeah. Week you're, three. You're, you're the midpoint. Yeah. So welcome to the show. 
Thank you. Save the best for the best for the middle. Best for the middle. Well, we're moving to the middle hey. soon. Are we allowed to start talking about that? Apparently, yes. Oh, goody. Let's do that. So Let's nobody gets do that. St- stuck, in, stuck in the gap. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that. We're going to go to an ad break, and then we're going to come back and talk about uh, Invoke Solutions. Yes. So right. our time change is going to be? Wednesday next week from 12 to 1. Yes. So awesome. 12 o'clock, middle of the week, middle of the day. Wednesday, 12 o'clock. So you get your uh, midweek fix, and it's 12 to 1 from next week, Wednesday. So from September, we've sprung. We're springing, springing, all those things. The future of Futurology is Wednesday at 12. Cool. Well, I was talking about paying the bills, so let's pay the bills, and then we come back and talk Gartner. Boom. When you're a CIO in a growing corporate, there's no just taking care of yourself, and that's that. When you're a CIO, people see IT as a cost rather than a strategic investment. But we know you knew that. We know that between the successes and failures, the courage to continue is what counts. We also know that food is on other people's plates because of your job. The courage to grow is business. We've got the advisors, products and solutions that enable you to do so. MTN Business, a new world of business. All right, so we are back. So as I mentioned just before we went off, we have Intelco with us from Invoke Solutions. Correct. correct. I got that part pronounced correctly. Perfectly. Awesome. Um, basically, for the listeners that haven't been following, Gartner every year has this uh, aspiring innovations program where they go around the world. And in fact, it starts in Cape Town and then goes all the way around and ends and then starts again. So we've got it coming up uh, 26th of September, I think it is. And um, they identify people that are really moving and shaking in the space, obviously tech and tech focused. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't be on our show. Um, and... Um, yeah, you know, they, they bring these guys in. Uh, they're all going to be able to go down to the, present to the CIOs at this big symposium that's coming up. And uh, today, as I said, we have Intechel with us from Invoke. And uh, you're what, you're number three of six. So, uh, yeah, welcome to Cliff Central. In, and no, the particular, in, show, no, in particular, no particular order. No particular order. And there I was thinking I was in the middle because on all his peaks in the middle, right? Yes. Oh, there exactly. we go. And that's why our show is moving. You see? See, the man we... talking about insights, he's going to tell us some more about it. So tell us more about some of the analytics and stuff that Invoke pull out and some of the insights that you're helping businesses gain and, and do amazing stuff with. Sure. Uh, Invoke Solutions, basically, we do a lot of dashboarding, a yes. lot of uh, data that we pull from different sources. The specific uh, solution that's uh, taking us to the Gartner Symposium is a solution that we developed ourselves. Okay. It basically pulls data from all sorts of tables. So whether it be from SAP, whether it be from uh, uh, from the cloud, mm-hmm. web services, an Oracle database, we pull all of that together. But not only do we put it at one place for you to see the data, we also then build uh, uh, add that onto a, uh, an add-on on Microsoft uh, Word or Microsoft Excel, where you can then also then juxtapose that with commentary. So if you want to build a bot pack, you want to build a, an annual report, you pull your data, you then have your commentary all sitting on the same page, you click refresh, the latest data comes on. So you never really have to worry about calling people, sending emails, asking people to send you data that uh, where you then get out of sync with what the latest information is. Right. I don't want to give away all the tricks at once because I, I think there's definitely a few steps that we need to jump through. So I think let's let's hoop it back one or two. Where did the idea actually come from? Because, I mean, I think part of the criteria to become – or, sorry, to be considered um, as a got uh, aspiring innovator is that there had to be a thought process. Sure. And I'm pretty sure you had to put that in. So take us through the journey of, of what you were doing or you know what brought Invoke to fruition and obviously to where you are now. 
Okay. Uh, I'll try to be as brief as possible. No, you don't have to be. We've got some time. Okay. <laughs> it's your show. It's your, it's your time, eh? Be careful what you ask for. I've been a lecturer before, so I can't talk. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. You lay in the gauntlet, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, long story short, uh, my business partner, Nai Shen is his name. Mm-hmm. Very bright chap. Uh, we both worked for one of the big banks together. Okay. And uh, we realized that there were solutions that uh, other organizations that we had worked for before required. And we realized that this was going to be a consistent requirement. So we were permanently employed at the time. We agreed that we were going to do this. We've developed it for the bank. We're going to develop it for us, uh, as a company in the future. It sounded also romantic. He <laughs> went his way. I went my way. Uh, we sort of uh, consulted as independents. Okay. But we sort of always kept in touch. Yes. Long story short, four years later, we decide actually maybe now we mature enough. Now we're ready. The market is ready for us. Uh, let's start this company. We then started consulting as a company. Uh, but this particular tool is something that we had in mind. So okay. we've been working on this tool from just about day one mm-hmm. of forming our company. Uh, we had a young, bright chap, uh, Dimsan is his name, that we employed. Shane was sitting at a client site. I'm sitting at a client site. We've got uh, this one chap sitting, working day in, day out, just mm-hmm. on this one solution. And it's taken us about a year and a half to get that solution to where it is. Uh, and now it's ready to go to market. We've had to test it with some of the big corporates in South Africa. We've, got, uh, we've been given notes, tips, reviews around what to improve, how to make sure that it works for specific organizations. And we feel that right now it's at a perfect time to go out there and to go into the market because we've had it tested, we've built it, we've uh, we've had not only our peers but also our potential users and customers running on the solution. That's All right, excellent. can I, can I jump in there? Yeah. So basically, you, you're referring to a solution. So I'm going to go into the solution now because sure. um, you know that was one question I was going to ask. Is uh, to date we've had a platform which is a solution, hardware and software. Then we had um, last week was uh, there was Simon's show. He hasn't actually built um, an application or a software solution as such, but he's sitting more on the consultancy Mm. in the framework side, correct? And then obviously acting as a uh, a traffic conduit. So he was explaining how all of his clients' traffic will go through their servers, they'll do Mm -hmm. what they need to do, so on and so forth. You've mentioned the word solution a few times. So you've obviously built a product. Yes, we have. Okay. So what is the name of the product? Yes, we're not allowed to talk about that. No, no, we oh, can't okay. talk about it. We need to get the name out there as much as possible. Right. Well, here's your here's your 15 <laughs> minutes of fame. Get it out. Yeah. It's <laughs> called Invoke Exco Reporting. Exco, as in like the executive, executive committee. committee yes. Okay. So take us through what that is and what it does. Uh, firstly, uh, by the word Invoke, uh, which is where our company comes from, uh, we're basically t- talking about getting stuff out there, uh, giving birth to things. So executive reporting is something that is required at all times, but you realize that we need to come up with a new way to to get executive reporting running as smoothly, as quickly as possible. Uh, and also, the last thing you want as an executive of a mm-hmm. big corporate, as of, of, of any other type of big organization, is to be reporting on, on documentation or information that is outdated, that is false. Yeah. Well, I was going to say there's actually something even worse, and that's actually reporting. <laughs> I, I must say that is my bugbear. I go to work wearing t-shirts and jeans because I don't like doing admin I mean there's nothing worse and and in previous companies I've had to put together a management pack Mm, for Exco your quarterly for example 
You have to review your budgets. You have to review. So you sit there the night before compiling data and realize mm. you've actually run out of time and go and then do a little bit of a tap dance. You know, sure. like, da, 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 da. I find, but I find reporting, I love the reporting side of it. I love being able to show off the reporting side of it, but I find that the admin of big data is a necessary evil. And that's the thing that I think a lot of clients, and I think you guys have found a good niche there as well, is there's all this data. And it's very overwhelming when you're in Exco and everybody's like, oh, but Joe, we're collecting that data. It's there in the spreadsheet. Didn't you see it? And it's like, well, yeah, but what the heck am I looking at? I'm looking at row upon row, column of, uh, of column. Of, great, you've got the data. But at that much, it's it's just not filtered. It's not making any sense. Interpreting this data is the important thing. And sure. I think that's where you guys have come in with quite a nice offering. That's where you've come in. I mean, uh, to answer the first question is, yes, I've got all this data. What do I do with it? Mm. How do I analyze it? Which is why the key here is not just putting the data, but putting that, juxtaposing that against an ability to then comment on it. So you yes. get specialists, you get okay. analysts that on the that help interpret as the data come in, interpret it. And I mean, naturally you then pick up all the other formatting and all that kind of stuff that you need, uh, that you, uh, that you typically get from a word application or a word processor. So that then just speeds up the whole process. And I mean, for all intents and purposes, Brad, had we been around back then, you maybe you wouldn't be on radio. I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing. <laughs> How's that, huh? Okay, so even if you had been around back then, I'm hoping I still would be on radio because my strength in my in my previous careers and even that is I surround myself with good people okay. that take delegation really well. <laughs> um, and, then I, and then I make them feel good. You know, it's amazing sure. what a six-pack of beer can do at 11 o'clock at night to get the guy through and say, oh, but there's beer coming for you. But for me, it's the extraction. And Brett, you you hit it on the nail. You hit the nail on the head. It is nice to show it off. I'm in advertising. Brett's in advertising. We like to go into customers' office and do the smoke and mirrors and the fancy antsy, and it, it looks good. You do this PowerPoint presentation. There's beautiful girls and nice pictures and great colors. But the tater's got to come from somewhere because in amongst everything, you know, it still has relevance. You're now sitting with an exco. These are people that don't care. All they're worried about is the bottom line. They're actually starting at the end and waiting for you to prove that they're right or wrong. That's kind of where they are. And that's always the feeling I get when I go up in front of a board. So you said that you've built you've built this Exco tool to extract the data. So I just want to unpack that a little bit further. Sure. So the way I work, most of the stuff I do is online. So I have Dropbox or Google Drive as my, my repositories. Okay, um, I work in Word. I work in Excel. I obviously send emails. Um, PowerPoint is an output. There's no data in PowerPoint. So I'm sitting there now. I've got all my Word documents that I've done, my reporting. I've pulled in PDFs and whatever I need. I've got some graphic files, Excel for my budget, sure. and I am quite good like that. I do build a budget out, and I've got in the nice generally accepted accounting procedures. Um, I'm the son of an accountant, so I learned that early on in life. Um, does your tool now take that data and pull it in and quantify it, then qualify it and push it back out to me, or or Am I expecting like miracles here, and it's not that fix at all? Uh, just if I was to sort of walk, uh, do a step by step walk. Yeah, please. Uh, the tool does. Typically, what you do is you'd have a template, and templates are always standard. And a, mm-hmm. a company will say, "This is how we want our executive uh, report to look. This is how we want our board pack to look." So you put in a template. You typically know that the first chapter would be, for example, the CEO's report, and he wants highly summarized data. Second one would be HR. Third one would be marketing. Maybe the next one would be, uh, say, uh, operations and mm-hmm. so forth. So that template is standard. What we then do is we've got drivers that connect to different uh, data sources. 
So with the one driver, you can connect to, like I said, whether it be your SAP database, your mm-hmm. your Salesforce.com database, or you can even pull data directly off the web if you've mm-hmm. got uh, web services, and so forth. Oracle, ODBC, everything that uh, that there is out there, literally anything that there is out there. We pull this data. You know that you want your graph; it will always be a pie chart, but you don't want the pie chart to give you yesterday's data yes. if you're running it today. Yeah. So then you drive uh, the driver then connects that particular object to a link on the database. As soon as there's changes on the database and you require to report, generally this is periodic, you, you can, you've got an option to either right-click and refresh just the one object or you can refresh all your objects. That's pretty cool. Huh? So you've got a full prepared report published and ready to, to, to view okay. as with the most accurate up-to-date information as possible. To the minute, basically. That's fantastic. Okay, so that's the delivery output. Sure. What about the input output? So now you've got, you've the just mentioned... Output. The input output, well, the input for the output. The raw data. In our check all about. So you mentioned multiple platforms, sure. both cloud, both um, SAP software. And all the data sources the, between. the yeah. Microsoft uh, AWS platform as well. Um, that data obviously has to be accurate and you yes. need to create paths. So the, I'm more interested in the setup of it. I mean, I kind of think I get what, what it is that you do and I love the fact that it auto-updates because that's sure. brilliant because that's actually happened to me is that I might put together a forecast. There's a great example. Let's use a forecast. So we do a forecast because for some reason, CFOs love forecasting. Um, we forecast for the year. We forecast ourselves. We even forecast it by category. In other words, um, X percentage in website design, X percentage in billboard, X percentage and so on until sure. we get to the 100%. Um, in fact, I've done a couple of budgets before where I've got to like 90 something percent and couldn't figure out where the rest went. Um, maybe your, your program will find that. So I've created all these different pieces of data. What do I need to do? Cause this is my bugbear. This is why I hate CRM as an example. Cause CRM is only good if you put the data in. You can't mm. expect it to do its job if you haven't given it the information it needs. Um, so I've got all this information. I've done the, the spreadsheet. I've done the, the, the predictions, everything. What is involved for me to get it to make your Xcode tool actually pull it? Is it going to take me another 20 hours or is it just linking or path files or how's it work? It's literally just linking. I mean, if it's an Excel, if, if it's sitting on an Excel spreadsheet, it's going to be path files because that's where you're going to pick it up from. Mm-hmm. If it's a database, you, you literally just log in and you can log in from our tool. You don't have to go onto the source system. You can log in from our tool. There's a plugin that logs in directly onto your source system mm. and just identify which object, so which mm. uh, which data set, which graph uh, you want to then pull for that particular aspect, and that works. And, and then the interpreter actual, is required. Yeah, and then uh, the actual updating of the data, the data itself, not so much the link, uh, the linkages of the data itself, that is out of the scope of the tool because that mm. is what happens on a day-to-day. Mm. Say maybe your your ERP system would have been uh, would have done that for you. Mm. But it sounds like you guys have created. Insight analytics, instant insight analytics, just add water, basically. It's this, you come in, you take legacy data sets that exist within an organization. You say, right, let's clear this up and interpret it for you in a timely manner. Sure. That's great. And people are believing that this pot of gold is at the end of the rainbow. But how are you doing your customer education? A lot of the things that we struggle with in tech or sort of bleeding edge innovation is the education to our clients saying, look, you don't need to live this life of delving through tables upon tables of information to try and maybe make sense of it all a week later. How, how do you guys go around? What is your sort of elevator pitch? Okay. Uh, firstly, I'll give you a bit of background around yes. how we sort of get to where we are. 
uh, we're a we're a consulting firm. Yes. Uh, okay. So you first and foremost, you're already in there. Yes. Okay. Over and above, giving you a tool, saying here's a tool, see what to do with it. We'd go in and say, this is what you need to get to. Mm. As an organization, uh, between Shane and myself, we've done about 30 years plus of consulting, okay. and that excludes all the people that work for Invoke Solutions. So we go in, we sort of understand preemptively what is it that and an you insert your bits where they need. need. Then we plug in what we have. But then what we also do is, as our line says, I mean, in 30 seconds, if you say to somebody, we're going to give you a solution that's going to give you insights that are going to make your company run mm-hmm. profitably and efficiently. Yes. Automatically, you've got the attention. Yeah. All you have to do now, that's the, that's where you then go to the second side now of the business. You have to now have the product that proves that what you said is correct. Yeah. And now that's obviously what it is that you guys have built. Yes. So besides, and I think that's obviously now answers my initial question as to what the qualification was to be included as one of the aspiring innovators is that you're not just consulting because let's be honest, there are a lot of consultants out there. I mean, all you have to do is go and speak to someone and now you're a consultant. And I'm not belittling what you do. I'm being honest. I mean, I've had guys come to me and say, they're uh, whatever, tech engineers. I mean, all they've done is actually build one little app and now they're tech engineers and they, and they, you know, they can go out and consult. And I've also been involved with consultants that have got it very, very wrong. They've come in, they've done BR, business intelligence. Sure. Um, they've come back with all kinds of reports. And, and I say they've come back. I work with a lot of corporates as clients on their marketing side so that the, the intelligence is shared with me for my opinion as to, well, according to this, this is where we should advertise. And it hasn't worked. So you've got to kind of blame the input. Um, so the consulting side is great. That's your stage point. What happens with regards to hardware integration? So if you've built, if the, what I think I'm trying to get to is a solution that you've got, your, your product, the Xco product. Is it a web-based product? Is it something that needs to be installed on a machine? Is it a per-user product? How does that work? Because we have Macs, we have PCs, we've got all kinds of weird and wonderful. Some companies are small, some companies are big, servers. What does your installation look like? What, what's involved for the company to install? Okay. Uh- We've got two stages. The first stage that we've gone through is a, is, is a phase where we then, this gets installed on a, on an individual PC and one pays license fees for it. Uh, we are now uh, going into the second generation of this particular tool. We then, we're now putting it on the cloud. We're looking at putting it, for example, on the, on the Microsoft uh, uh, marketplace, on the SAP marketplace, as well as on the IBM marketplace, because we're already at a point where we've got partnerships with uh, some of these organizations because we're selling some of their tools. They are allowing us now to, uh, to deploy this there. But first, we had to get it on a standalone machine, make sure that it works on a particular standalone machine. It also makes it easier for us to, to then source uh, licensing fees uh, if it's sitting on a standalone machine. So this has basically been what the journey is that you've been referring to. So that was part of your testing. So you started as a solo machine. So now you're saying it's more software as a solution. So now it's cloud-based. Now you mentioned Microsoft and Microsoft Server and uh, all these wonderful things. I'm being polite, hey, Brett. Did you see that? Wonderful, I said. <laughs> um, what about Apple? You know, so let's take. I know you're probably looking more corporates and bigger companies than maybe the small bit. You get big agencies, and big agencies run on Apple. Sure. Um, being cloud-based, does that now allow you to still speak to those machines, um, or no? Uh, being cloud uh, enabled allows us to speak to just about any machine. Remember that for as long as you're on the web, then uh, you start becoming hardware agnostic. Because for as long as you can use MS, uh, Microsoft Word, you can use uh, MS Excel, that add-in just goes onto, onto that platform. So you don't, this does not sit on the lower level uh, operating system, uh, which you call layers. It mm-hmm. sits 
on top of uh, Microsoft Word. That's actually interesting. In fact, can we digress there for a sec? Not okay. that we ever do. So I think you were here when we played with the um, Chromebook, the Google yes. Chromebook. Yeah. So, I mean, there's an exciting thing. I'm seeing you nodding your head. You know, these machines have no hard drives. They've got like, I think, 8 gigs or something really stupid or 16 gigs. But it's always on. It's connected. Um, that won't really work. And I'm, and I'm coming back full circle. See what I'm doing here? Because South Africa's internet connectivity is a problem. And that's what I was about to get to now. So here I am sitting at 11 o'clock at night. Okay. I have my board meeting at 7 o'clock um, tomorrow morning. And now I'll say, well, I don't worry. I've got the expo um, generating tools sitting there in the cloud and I can't connect. I'm, I'm not online. Um, your product now, obviously, you need internet connectivity for this to work. Or no, do you have an offline version? Uh, like I said, we've got two aspects of it. The okay. first one works offline, so that would have been installed on your machine. Mm. So, uh, from the so you will keep you that, that though. You will keep it. So that's uh, your organizational server. No, what I mean, yeah, let me. I, I'm saying you, you're not getting rid of that product. This wasn't yeah, part of the no. development. That I have got an offline mode and I've got the cloud mode. That's what I was trying to ask. Mm. Okay, no, no. Yeah, we'll definitely keep uh, the offline mode. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> as I said, uh, yeah, I mean, if I may digress too, uh, we sure. find this a hard way. I mean, we, there's a solution we implemented for one of the smaller companies that supports a mine uh, out in Limpopo. Solution works perfectly. As soon as we go off-site, uh, service costs come uh, start coming in. What mm. is the problem? The problem yes. is the internet connectivity. Yep. But to them, they say your solution does not work. Yes. yes. So we've had to go back. Your uh, data is only as good as so your access to that data. So that lesson, we've learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, you talk about being consulting, and obviously you're innovating. But innovating your product doesn't just stop at your in your business. Sure. Now you're going to go and meet a whole bunch of new clients who've got their own unique problems to their type of data. You must find that you're not aspiring innovators; you're actual innovators every single day because everybody's got a unique problem that you have to try and help them fix. The question is, how often do you find yourself in a situation where you've consulted? But now you need to start actually changing workflow process within the business to help them innovate further. I mean, uh, that happens all the time. Uh, mm. Fortunately, my background uh, is, is, is actually in uh, process management. Okay, cool. And process systems. So that's something that making I've also sense of up. the big picture. Yes, and also uh, when I did my postgraduate uh, studies, my master's degree mm. actually analyzed innovation, and one of the things that I found is. We overuse innovation. We don't always have to change technology. Yes. Sometimes we need to stop, adopt the technology, make sure that we use it and enjoy it. Yeah. Only later on should you then move on to the next thing. And sometimes yeah. it's just the process that has to change and not necessarily the technology. Yeah. So those are things that uh, I'm grateful. Mm. I didn't know then that uh, was going to be helpful, but I think it's a little... That's it. At the time, the teething pain is, is, is somewhat crazy at the moment but looking back you always oh wow we learned something there it's yeah. it's very cool it's nice to know that there are guys on similar paths to what we we come across every day as well sure. and uh, it's amazing to see how you guys are actually taking the most of of these opportunities and, and going forward you've had some i'm on your website at the moment you guys have done some really great work with some great clients um what are some memorable things that you guys have worked on to date if, if we you, can ask i was going to say and it, no holes barred eh? we can even talk about those late night ones as well well look yeah. you, oh. people are going to go check out invoke solutions we're talking about invoke solutions <laughs> we've got the the md ceo here so sure. uh tell us some about your success stories because uh, i think they're 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 really cool when you put them into something re we can relate to sure i mean uh i mean you talk i mean the one that jumps straight to mind yes. is uh i was at ascom yes uh, no Dun, 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 dun. That was brave. Okay, you I were brave was, to admit that. I was. Okay. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, one would literally have sleepless nights. Uh, yes. I mean, I love, I love, 
Eleven Pretoria uh, We were at the Ascom College My sister mm-hmm. lives Down the road from there I would literally Sometimes be at work Work all night And just Go out to go Get refreshed Yes And Pretoria would seem To be too far And I'd have to go to her house And just Just refresh and get back At the office Just so I don't yes. Rock up with the same clothes That I had yesterday uh, I mean, just because of the critical nature. I'm of laughing, to, but of, of a lot of people can't actually. Re- I mean, that yeah. that was last year. We were living like that. You know? I mean, it can get ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And I mean, uh, again, I started off. I said that I was uh, I was an academic, particularly mm. a lecturer in my past life. And the story about how the dog ate my homework. Real story. <laughs> it was a real story. <laughs> that happens. That happens even in the corporate world. I mean, yes. You literally have a user acceptance testing, or you've got a demo with a client, and your computer crashes. Yes. Or Something just does not no work, connectivity and you cannot explain role. to the client. The exactly. client does not cannot distinguish that connectivity is not your issue. You actually work with the data. Yes, the client says your solution doesn't work. Yes, are you sure you were ready? Yeah, and, we. Uh, I, I feel your pain, man. Yeah, I, and you know we're all sitting and nodding, and that's why we're asking these questions because yeah. I'm tired of people blaming the software vendor. And you just said as soon as you leave, you get a service call. Yes. You know, when I'm there on site, everything works. I leave, it goes, and it's normally the fact it's not things that are actually. Your fault, but you're the consultant. You're the, the guy the that demo, came in and the did demo it. demons kick in. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, we've look. Let's be honest, and I'm sure you've had the same thing. You've done a live demo and it doesn't work. Yes. But nine times out of ten, we can put that down to connectivity. We can put that down to the fact that you're trying to use a solution. In fact, I'm going to bury them now. It was at Google Think Africa a couple of years ago. They flew a guy out of uh, from Mountain View. We did it at the Data Campus. I mean, if there's going to be any connectivity in South Africa, you'd expect it to be at. at Data's head office, yeah. and the guys that was when they it's, it's probably about three years ago they were introducing Google for Business. Sure. They were trying to show South Africans the cloud and how awesome Google for Business, which it is now. Three years ago, we didn't have the connectivity. The guy's doing a live presentation, um, he's hang he's doing a hangout with the guys <laughs> back in Mountain View. That was already a little bit sketchy, boing boing. Sure. And uh, next minute, he clicks on a file because now they're showing you how you can collaborate, you know? Yeah. yeah. And this thing's just buffering and it's not opening. Mm. And like, this is a room full of tech people and tech yeah. reporters, you know? And the guy's like, well, and he's talking on hand. He's like, well, I, I can't really see it. And he goes, well, it's fine on my side. Mm. And that's the point. Sure. You know, you can't blame software mm. when hardware fails or connectivity fails. And this is the challenge that South Africa needs to, like, well, Africa, I think, has to still solve. Um, the beautiful thing about tech and big data interpretation done right is that when it works, nobody, it's, it's seamless. Sure. So everybody's sort of just like, wow, that's amazing. I've got all the information at my fingertips. I'm just going to update, push a refresh button, you know, command R, and I've got everything I need. Nobody thinks about the people in the background. Sure. And quite often, I mean, I do sound engineering as well. And uh, if you're at a live gig and all of a sudden – uh, something goes wrong with the speaker system or with the, with the backtrack or whatever goes wrong. Everybody in the crowd turns and looks at you. It's the same sort of thing with tech where you only really get noticed when it's not working. And quite often sure. it's not because of something we've done. It's because of a, a bigger ecosystem that we're part of. But I think, to, can I ask you more about how have you gone through a journey trying to make this seamless integration into, into business? How, how how do you guys approach them to say this is how it works actually? And I know we're backtracking a bit, but so. the seamless integration for me is a big thing. We've got a word called frictionless at Big Brave, and it's got to be frictionless for the client. They've got to it's got to be assimilated into their business, and it's got to be something that makes sense to them, not just smoke and mirrors, tangible. Thirty seconds after you've done your talk, I push it in, and you, they start seeing results. 
Look, uh, I won't lie. Uh, one, firstly, has to, I mean, the approach that you're taking is that we would require about two weeks, yeah. three weeks yes. at a client site. Yes. Because when you come in, we want to say, what are your templates? You need what to your understand templates look them. Like? Mm. Let's build in this onto your templates. As opposed mm. to just dropping it there saying, bye-bye, let's see license fees. We sort of walk <laughs> you through the fees. Bye-bye, let's see. Manage expectations, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we're finding that that almost always help, uh, helps. And again, uh, tapping back into the consulting experience, the consulting experience mm. has sort of given us that approach that says, look, firstly, like you said, as a project manager, when you manage a project, mm. it is only when things don't work that people want to exactly. talk to you. Otherwise, people expect it to be working perfectly. People think all is in order. Yes. And for as long as it's in order, nobody sees, uh, uh, Nobody knows your name even. Nobody bothers. Exactly. Well, that's that's a key thing. Sorry, Brett. I'm just going to jump in. It's uh, one of the great things about innovation is that it, it thrives on collaboration. Sure. And if you've got a great relationship with your clients and your clients start to to work closely with you, that that innovation process happens a lot more frequently and, and is, is easier to adopt it because they've been a part of it. Yes. So the understanding is there immediately. So well done on, on the way that you've approached it. I think it's really cool. There are so, so many guys out there that say, hey, I've got a great idea for a dashboard. It's like the last thing we need is just another dashboard. Yeah. What we need is well-interpreted data that actually helps businesses react or be more proactive. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really cool. Because, I mean, the question we always get is, here's a beautiful tool. What do I do with it? Yes. How do I make sure that I leverage it? So exactly. that advantage uh, sort of always comes in handy. So sure. you won't believe me, but it was half an hour ago that I said, don't worry, we've got time. But that's how quickly it goes on radio. <laughs> See, when you just get into it and start chewing the fat. So we do need to wrap it up. We're at the top of the hour. Sure. Uh, Brett, your thought of the day. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> yeah. Think I don't be late. <laughs> we've, we've kind of, the whole, this whole last little bit of chat has all been the thought of the day. I think no, the fact you're that, out of it now. the fact, no, the fact that there, there is big data and that companies need to understand that they don't need to be afraid of this data anymore. There are people out there that can actually help them from a consultant level and from an actual tangible level interpret that data. Take it into a place where you have better information in a better amount of time to make better decisions for your business when you need to make them. Sure. And it's amazing that we're meeting people like yourself and uh, and companies like Invoke that are doing great things. So well done to what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's nice to see that the playing field is, is so wide and that there is so much great help going out there to, to businesses at the moment. So fear not. Innovation is, is upon us. I like it. So, yes, thank you again. Where can people find you? What's the website in Tejo? Okay, uh, we're available on www.invoke-solutions with an S at the end, okay. .co.za. All right, that's pretty easy. Alternatively, you can dial us. We're in Pretoria, 012-348-2626. Done. All right, guys. Awesome. So that's it. Uh, until next time, keep... Oh, sure. I nearly forgot until to Until Wednesday thank, at 12 no, o'clock. <laughs> and I also nearly forgot to so thank, thank MTN. So, yes, Futurology Show for the last time on this time slot brought to you by MTN Business. And then, guys, you remember next week from on Wednesday, uh, Wednesdays at 12. 12 see, we still got to figure it out. We're going to kind of uh, bounce around this. So, yeah, Wednesdays 12. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. This is CliffCentral.com.